Hi! That's Lindsay. And that's Kayla. And we're two friends who share a love for reading that we want to share with you. So, so let's, let's talk, talk about, about books, baby! I'm Hello. so excited. I'm so excited that you're here. As you guys can tell, this is not Lindsay's voice. This is my big sister, Kendra. Lindsay needed a break. And Kendra, if I could say you were an expert on anything, it would be this. <laughs> it would be the topic this, we're talking about today. <laughs> this week was made for me. Yeah, see, I really <laughs> want to Actually, this is very interesting because this is like we are talking on the phone like we do every single day and somebody else is just listening. No, it's true. Do you remember one of the books that you're going to talk about today, the Swedish book? I remember you calling me and saying like, Kayla, you have to read this book. It's so interesting. We need to read it not to be morbid or anything like that, but especially in regards to people who have parents that are getting older. I guess you kind of have to have this stuff in the back of your mind. And so I it think that important I want to say like the life change magic of tidying up with Marie Kondo is definitely kind of at the forefront like hey when everything is going great this is where you need to be and then the other book that you're going to talk about is definitely towards the end of your life where it's like hey this now this is where you need to be get ready you know really that really is how you apply or read the life-changing magic of tidying up because I just have always had this obsession like I know some people have a really messy house and Mm -hmm. they want to clean it out and clutter you know like live a clutter-free life both mentally and in their safe space but Mm -hmm. I kind of read it because I've always just had this fear that I'm gonna die and leave my family with a ton of stuff to go through I don't want that I have so little stuff now that I feel comfortable that may be a morbid thought. You know, there's an episode in the show, Tidying Up with Marie Kondo on Netflix, and it's the second episode. It's about the empty nesters, and they've just been Love accumulating that. their whole life. My oh, God, yeah. I've never seen a woman with so many clothes. <laughs> Didn't she have a ton of Christmas decorations, too? I've never seen so many in my life. Bathrooms and three yeah. living spaces. Since this is the We'd Read That episode, normally we would be talking about something that actually doesn't have a book attached or associated to it. But Tidying Up with Marie Kondo does. It has the life-changing magic of tidying up, which I only read because Kendra read it. Right, Kendra? Yes. I recommended it so many times. Can I just point out that Kayla and I have cleaned many spaces together. We've had to share spaces. We've had to declutter spaces. We've had Mm -hmm. to downsize. And every time I read this book, I just had to text you. I was like, Kayla, you need to read this. (laughs) Absolutely. Yeah. This woman gets us. (laughs) This new mentality of minimalism, I think it's totally new because we have come into an age of materialism that is just extraordinary. It's astronomical. Like people replace things instead of fixing them. And we don't do that in our household. We hardly ever buy anything. Most of the stuff that we started with was given to us. We even found a TV on the side of the road by mommy's house. And my husband's like, no, I'm getting out. I'm going to go check it out. And I'm like, babe, you are not picking up that free TV on the side of the road. And he's like, yeah, (laughs) 
fine. And I just see him running with the biggest smile up the road, carrying this giant TV. But now people just buy new. I don't know if it's like keeping just- up with the Joneses or they're lazy or I'm not really sure. But our parents came from a generation where you had to, I don't know, you just had what you had and you were happy with it. And if it served a purpose, great. You didn't need to have the best of the best. And that's kind of like how I was raised and that's how I raised my kids. Yeah, it's true though. It's true because I look around my room right now and I probably have way too much stuff that I do not need. But there are some things that I just like. Like I have snow globes and I have just little trinkets. And the thing is getting a trinket here or there may seem like it's not that big of a deal. But then at the end of the day, little things do add up. So I do like this idea of minimalism because like if you watch the documentary Minimalism, which there's also a book on it, if you watch that documentary, he says, I only have what I need and what makes me happy. And that's kind of the same idea. Yeah. I love it. That's kind of the same idea with Marie Kondo. She says, if it sparks joy, you keep it. If it doesn't, you let it go. Yes. And something that I love that Marie Kondo does is because I always feel like my things have feelings, you know, like I don't want to get rid of it because I don't want to hurt its feelings. I definitely think it's a Toy Story generation kind of thing where I'm like, I don't want to hurt its feelings because clearly when I leave the room, it comes to life, right? But I want to say I love that Marie Kondo says, before you get rid of it, think it for all the happiness that it's brought to your life, the joy, the good times, the bad times, and then let it go so that it can go on to its next owner. And that was the part that I loved. Yeah, it's not the end of its life. It's the end of its life with you. Exactly. I think that with our parents, they were under the mentality, and this is not wrong, that if it can serve a purpose, you should not get rid of it. And that maybe you will need it one day. But I think this new age that we're coming into is if it serves a purpose, but not to you right now Mm -hmm. or in the near Mm -hmm. future, then Mm -hmm. you should let it go. And if that time does come, you can always purchase it again. And of course, not for the bigger things. Like if you have a TV and in a year, you're going to need a TV. We would hold on to that. But you don't want to hold on to things for the future. That may never come. In our household, I don't know when I started this, but for the last few weeks, maybe even months, we've been like getting rid of a garbage bag every weekend of things that are like outside of normal spaces that we clean. Like we clean the living room, we clean the front room, we clean the kitchen. But these are areas of our house that we are tackling one area at a time. And I know Marie Kondo, like... Her thing is you gather, like if you are doing cleaning products, you gather the cleaning products from all the bathrooms, you know, Mm -hmm. bathrooms, kitchens, put them all in one place. You see what you have and then you go through that. But, you know, we cleaned the closet under the stairs and we went through there and we really took note of everything. Is this something that we're going to use? Does it have all the pieces? Do we actually like this board game? And if we didn't like it, toss it. If it's missing pieces, toss it. If it serves no purpose to our family, why is it taking up our living space? 
Exactly. Because the truth is, if it doesn't serve a purpose for your family, then that space it is taking up could be used by something you actually enjoy that actually brings you joy. Exactly. You know, you could get rid of, I don't know, Candyland. I think I bought Samaya Candyland years ago. But if she didn't like it anymore, you could get rid of it and you could get her something new. Or it could be something that the whole family could enjoy that could take that spot. And the idea is getting rid of these things that we just mindlessly walk around avoiding to make room for things that we will see and will actually become happy just at the sight of it. And there's like a caveat with the life-changing magic of tidying up. She said that you should only ever have to tidy up once in your life. And once you do it, you're set. But it's an ongoing process. I am the main cleaner in our house. I'm a stay-at-home mom. My husband works full time. My kids aren't old enough to do projects like that yet. They do help when they can, but they can't administer a project like that or organize it themselves. And we have how many holidays where we get presents? Mother's Day, Father's Day, people get us Eid gifts and Christmas gifts. And we Mm -hmm. have five birthdays in our household. Stuff is coming in. We are not always monitoring what is coming in. It's just flowing in. So it's a constant work in progress. Absolutely. And you're always needing to find a new place to store things. If your son's birthday comes and he gets a few toys, then it's like, oh, you know, we'll just put that one there and that one there and that one there. And you keep doing that until all of a sudden you realize that the room has been overrun. I mean, one day it just sneaks up on you. And that's when you realize that, oh, my gosh, my room is messy again. You know, tastes change. Tastes change, too. For example, do you remember a few years ago, like 10 years ago, we went to a free Britney Spears concert. Oh my God, yes. And we got these signs that said, it's Britney. (laughs) (laughs) So I held on to that sign because I loved it. Like Uh I have been the Britney Spears fan since her Baby One More Time music video came out. Mm, It was a commercial at first. It was a commercial and... I just loved her. And so she finally came here. She was having this free concert. Kayla and I took Bart down to San Francisco, waited in this line with all these people dressed like Britney Spears. Mm-hmm. We watched her concert. It was about two or three minutes long for Good Morning America, I believe. Right? I forgot. It was a morning show. And it seriously lasted like two or three minutes, but we had the time of our lives. We got these posters. And I cleaned my closet three times and I never got rid of these posters. But this last time I was like, you know what? I'm ready to part with these posters. (laughs) I would rather have this space than move these posters around that are serving no purpose Mm -hmm. to me. I will say that in the minimalist documentary, one of the last lines of the entire documentary is use things and love people because the other way around does not work. And I like to think of that in terms of memory. You and I had so much fun at that concert. We had these signs, these posters. We were like freaking out. You and I will remember that forever. Do we need that sign to remember it? No. I think that Marie Kondo actually talks about if you have all these pictures that your kids made for you, you don't actually have to keep them all. You can take a picture of them and take up a lot less space. So 
I have pictures of us holding those signs and my closet is much more joyful and happy now that those signs are gone because they just kind of look like clutter and take up space. So yeah, it makes sense. I mean, it's a total bummer that you can't keep things forever. But in terms of what you said about style changing, absolutely style changes. I'm looking at my drawers and I'm like, I wear all these things, but do they all bring me joy? No. Exactly. So I'm due for another overhaul. <laughs> but when you watched Tidying Up with Marie Kondo for the first time, did you put all your clothes in a pile and go through them? Because I oh, totally absolutely did. I did. Absolutely. I had a newborn. I had two kids like five and two years old in addition to that newborn and like the two-year-old and the five-year-old we all went straight to my closet and took out all my stuff piled it up on the chairs the bed Mm -hmm. and we Mm -hmm. all went through it together and they had their opinions put those kids to work yes they loved it (laughs) (laughs) and we downsized that year I would say because the first time we got rid of probably like 60% of my wardrobe which felt great because a lot of that stuff I had gotten in high school or around the time I graduated and then slowly I was like okay you know what that felt good and I Mm -hmm. still see that by the time I have laundry there's like a bunch of clothes that I don't actually prefer to wear but I wear at the time when I need to do laundry and they don't bring me joy so we went through it again and I would say that year I probably got rid of about 75 percent of my wardrobe I would say after I watched minimalism the documentary I got rid of about half of my clothes it was amazing amazing it feels Um, great right because you can look at your closet and you're like I can actually see what I own and Mm -hmm. when I like want to wear something on a particular day that brings me a particular type of joy I can actually find it Absolutely. Which brings me back to the empty nester lady from the episode of Tidying Up. I'm like, she had a lot of nice clothes. Every time she tried something on, I was like, wow, that fits her well. It's flattering. How on earth could she find it in all those different rooms? Isn't it such a bummer to have all those beautiful clothes and beautiful Christmas decorations and stuff like that and to not be able to see any of them didn't she have like a whole bedroom full of clothes right when she took them out of the closet didn't it reach really really high like the the ceiling it went up to the ceiling ceiling. was a mountain of clothes and i think that we don't realize how many clothes we have until they are on our bed and we are looking at all i never thought i had that many clothes no no one thinks that they had that many clothes i think there were an enormous amount of people in quarantine doing this because our goodwill is like no longer accepting clothes and they're like please don't bring us clothes we are completely full our processing plants or whatever they're called are completely full and I'm like what do I do throw these away and some woman got angry at me and I'm like you know what I've already said goodbye to my clothes okay yeah I've said goodbye to my clothes we've already had our (laughs) emotional (laughs) goodbye (laughs) I'm not bringing them back in my house (laughs) (laughs) and I think that that's also the beautiful thing too is that maybe we can also look at alternatives instead of the goodwill maybe we can take them to a homeless shelter, a battered woman's shelter, things like that. But yeah, that's great. I really wanted to bring up Con Margie. (laughs) For those of you who have watched Tidying Up with Marie Kondo, Con Margie is this woman who has recently lost her husband. And she has this house full of stuff. And she's like, well, I just want to kind of have a fresh start. Which, first off, that's crazy. She's so strong to be able to do this so soon after she lost her husband. But I think the main thing was she really wanted to, like, pack up most of his clothes and get rid of them. 
kudos to her for being able to do that because I'm sure that there are tons of people out there who decades later have not gotten rid of their spouse's clothes, you know? But Marie Kondo makes you go through your clothes first and then she says, all right, now let's go through movies and books. And then Con Margie, as she comes to be known, is like, well, actually, I really wanted to go through my husband's clothes. And Marie Kondo says, well, normally we would save that for last because those aren't your clothes. Those are memories. And you need to work your way up to that. So that's why the memorabilia and any of these little souvenirs and these little things, they come last because it's sometimes the hardest to get rid of those. So she wants you to practice with things that don't mean as much. Maybe your clothes, household items, kitchen items, whatever. And Con Margie starts crying and says, I really need to go through his clothes. I think that yes. that was her moment of saying, like, I need to say goodbye to my husband. To me, I that's what she was that saying. Was such a touching moment because I think on that episode, uh, Marie Kondo wanted her to do books, which is kind of like going through the process, but she was mentally there. Maybe in the beginning, it was a little difficult for her to go through her things. But then once she got the hang of it, she's like, no, I, I just need to be able to breathe. I have never lost a spouse. I read a book called Forever Interrupted by Taylor Jenkins Reid, and she loses her very new husband. She goes two months without throwing anything out, and her mother-in-law comes in, and she is given permission while the main character is in her room getting ready to kind of like, you can snoop if you'd like, and she finds that she still has not thrown out the rotting hot dogs from her spouse because she just didn't <gasps> want him. <laughs> she didn't want. She didn't want it to feel like it wasn't his place anymore. But yeah. at one point, she gets there and she's ready to get rid of his things. And it is so challenging. She gets sick when she drops his clothes off at the goodwill and sees them mixed in with everyone else's clothes. And that was really sad. But I think at some point, Margie Con Margie really was just like, I want to start a new life. I want to yeah. move on from this and I'm ready. And, you know, the main character in Forever Interrupted did the same thing. And it's just kind of like really powerful. And to be able to watch that, I cried. I'm not going to lie. Yeah. I'm not a crier, but I cried. Con Margie, her episode was so inspiring. Because yes, it was. It's really like that moment of, I just need to be strong for 20 seconds. There's a quote. It's like something along the lines of, all you need is 20 seconds of insane courage and you can do something amazing. And truly, that's what she needed. She was like, I just need she did to be such a good job right now. Yeah. Beautiful. And I loved at the end when her family came over, her kids came over, and it was just kind of like a fresh start. I can't imagine how sad that must be to lose, you know, a member of your family. Mm -hmm. But I feel like sometimes when you can clear out your space, it can clear out your mentality too. Oh, 100%. I think everybody at some point has probably had some spot that was cluttered. And when you went in there, what do you feel? You know, you feel like, oh, God, I have to look for something or find something. I need to clean this. It's mm -hmm. on your to-do list and it's in the back of your mind. But when it's cleaned out, you can see everything. You yeah. know what you have. When you've truly gone through it, maybe the KonMari way or however, you know what you have. You know what you exactly. need. You know that what you have makes you happy. And it's a joy to walk into that room. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I think that that's a large portion of what you're trying to accomplish is you're trying to accomplish a space filled with things that make you happy and make you feel safe. 
You know, you don't want to walk into a room that doesn't feel like your home. And truly, your space is not just a space for you to do whatever you want with it. This is your space that is designed specifically for you. It's your space. It's what your mind should be. It should be you, not just the clutter, but it should be all the good parts of you too. And it should be a place that you feel like you can walk in and just breathe finally. You recently went through your bookshelf. Yes. And did your books. You got a new bookshelf Mm -hmm. and you downsized some books and organized it. And do you feel like that's representative of you? Yes. Actually, good question. I really do. First off, this bookshelf is the cutest thing. It's a ladder bookshelf. So it's got a really, you know, thick shelf on the bottom, really thin one on the top. And I was sitting there thinking to myself, how am I going to sort these books? Because Lindsay sorts them alphabetically by the author name. I don't remember authors' names. So I'm not going to do a good job on that. So I was like, okay, how can I do this? I don't want to sort them alphabetically and then split up whole series. So what I decided to do was I decided to do alphabetically. But when I get to a book that's a series, I keep the series together and in order. Does that That make make sense? sense? Yeah. So it's like after, after we collided, after we fell, after Ever Happy, before and then The Alchemist. I think that's like the perfect example for you. When you look at that bookshelf and it's right there near your bed, I think that brings you joy. Books bring you joy. You've read those books. You've had certain feelings. When you look at them, they make you happy. For the last three years, I've read nonfiction. Yeah, Yeah. I have not read any fiction really. And it's been like biographies and... So many like Marie Kondo's book. (laughs) I just, it is my niche. But I felt like this year in 2020, after being in quarantine for God forever, Mm -hmm. I just needed to switch to fiction because I needed to mentally get out of my house. Oh, yes. (laughs) But I have been really good about, you know, I read some biographies that I loved, but I would never reread and I would never reference. And so I got rid of them. But I love Trevor Noah's <laughs> Trevor Born Noah's book. And so I kept that. I have downsized my book collection to, I kid you not, probably like 15 or 20 books. Because I only kept the books that I, A, loved so much like really felt a connection to and B, that I would consider rereading. Yeah. If I don't want to reread it, I got rid of it. I have 15 or 20 books on my top shelf and that's the smallest shelf. So like, (laughs) I I did very well going through that portion of my tidying up. And I think it depends on what's important to you. That's what Carmine touches on. She's like, if it brings you joy. And actually, also in minimalist or in minimalism, I can't remember which word it is. but they actually talk about a book collection. They do. Bring you joy. If you want to open them up and smell them and like feel the pages, by all means, keep it. Yeah. Because that serves a purpose to you. It's therapeutic. You love books. Keep it. It makes you happy. Your space should be a reflection of yourself. I love that. I would say like over the years, I think I started, I think I read this book, I want to say like three or four years ago. I'm not sure. Probably three years ago. And 
I think I've slowly, because I have three small children, been going through the process of tidying up in my own pace, like one yeah. project a weekend or two projects a weekend. Um, I'm definitely in like the kimono phase. Um, <laughs> Wait, what's the kimono phase again? Can you remind us? Like miscellaneous. So I'm there. I think we have our linen closet left and mm-hmm. some cabinets and drawers in the kitchen. That's about it. But I'm slowly encroaching on the sentimental category and that is making me nervous. Yeah, you're probably going to stay in the kimono stage for a little while. Yeah, I'll probably have to like redo a couple areas of our house (laughs) just to avoid it a little longer. You read the book and you watched the show. What do you think they did well? And what do you think they could have done better in, in both aspects? I feel like her book is flawless. Love it. I did read another book called Making Space Clutter Free by Mm -hmm. Tracy McCubbin. And I thought she did a good job of coming off more like your friend, kind of talking you into things like you're going to do it, you know, like giving you kind of that push that you want. It's like when, I don't know, when we were on the phone and I'm coaching you. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) You're going to do it. it. You're not going to do it. it. Say goodbye. Yes, exactly. I thought that Marie Kondo like did a really good job, like introducing you. She's very thorough. She knows what she's talking about. I thought this other book did a really good job of kind of like relating more to me. So I think that she did such an amazing job, Marie Kondo, of oh, yeah. writing that book and being so thorough in her approach. I think there are other authors that take a different approach and I appreciate those too. That's For fair. the show, for the show, they give such a variety. I, I don't really have anything bad to say. I think I binge watched all the episodes. I loved every single one of them. The first episode was like, what do you do when you have small children? And I'm like, yeah, me. What do I do? <laughs> yeah, what and do so, you like, do? Taking notes. I couldn't keep up on laundry. You know, it was really hard. Dishes would get in the way because I'm too busy cleaning up another area. Mm-hmm. When if you get rid of a lot of the extra things you have that you don't legitimately need, mm-hmm. you have more time because you pick up less things. Oh, yeah. You have to pick up less things, put them away. Like, how much of our weekend do we spend like cleaning up stuff? Well, I'll tell you, I spend a majority of my weekend laying down, looking at my mess and saying, I should clean that up. I need to get around to that. Maybe later. Yeah. <laughs> because the thing is, it just seems like such a daunting task. When I think about it in terms of cleaning up, it seems like a daunting task. But when I think yeah. about it in terms of what KonMari says, it mm-hmm. feels easier because I'm like, okay, does it spark joy in me to look at that silly little box? No, get rid of it. It's a very quick, clean an easy concept. So I think that she does such a great job of that. And then like you said, in the show, they do give you all sorts of people. They give you the empty nesters. They give you the mom with the small children. They give you the overworked mom too, who feels like her family is just throwing everything on her. Yes. That Um, was a sad episode too. I felt bad for her. Me too. So, So I think that they did such an amazing job. Also, it was so interesting because in the book, she tells you to give your house salutations. So when you walk into your house, say hello to it, greet your house. And I remember that first family when she said, I'm just going to say hello to your house. They were like, um, okay. (laughs) They were like, what? You know, in her book, she was a little too thorough in some respects. I mean... And maybe this is one of those things where it's like, she is really good at what she does. She is very organized. So if I like shoot for her level and I fall below it, I'm going to be okay. 
When she comes home, she takes her stuff out of her purse and she puts her wallet where it belongs and her keys where it belongs and this where, and she puts her purse away. And I'm like, I do not take my purse apart ever. I probably no should has. because at Target the other day, I could not find my card, but <laughs> <laughs> I clean my purse like twice a year. Other times it is completely packed with Man. receipts, but if I can close you it, you clean it good. twice a year. Good for you. <laughs> I can't tell you the last time. Oh, my God. I went to Taco Bell the other day. Side note. I went to Taco Bell the other day, and they were like, I'm so sorry. We're running out of change, so if you have any change. And I went, yeah, and I just reached down into my purse, and I grabbed, like, a handful of change. And then I had to sort through the change because I had British coins mixed in there. So I was like, here you go. I said, I'm sorry, British American, British American. So like, and he said, yeah, we can't take the British, but I'll take the American. Yeah, so, I mean, she just, like, does certain things like she puts her dishes outside to dry she doesn't have a dish drainer on her counter but like that's not realistic for me I'm doing dishes all the time I gotta dissect sippy cups put them in the dish drainer my dish drainer is always full there is always something in my dish drainer I cannot stick my stuff out on a balcony no first off you don't have a balcony secondly you live where the wind can take away an entire house like the wizard of oz yeah so there's certain parts of her book that definitely didn't relate to me as much as others but you know what I did shoot for her level and I would say I'm a good 60 70 percent okay no I'm about 70 percent I'm pretty good yeah we go through our things what I found funny was you know and I'm going back to that point about only having to tidy up once because then it's all set is that I tidied up my closet probably about Four years ago, I got rid of six full-size garbage bags. Oh, okay, we were we were gonna God. have. Oh no, it must have been about three years ago. We were gonna have a third baby, so we needed the extra bedroom, and my husband was gonna have to move his stuff out of the closet into my closet, which is pretty good. It's a pretty good size, but my life was in there. So I had to go through it. And I got rid of about six full-size garbage bags. I made over $100 at the garage sale, which is pretty good for me. Because for a garage sale, you, good. I do not price my stuff high at all. <laughs> um, so, and then I took like a ton of stuff to Goodwill. I don't even know what happened. How did it get that bad? But since then, I have not bought a lot. And then I went through it again. And then I went through it again. It's like I'm getting rid of more and more stuff. My closet's almost empty. That's and you know, if you you have to go through it multiple times because something that sparked joy for me back in 2016 no longer sparks joy for me in 2020 or it no longer serves a purpose. And that's such an important mentality to keep because I am completely and 100% guilty of keeping myself in the same mentality. My room looked the same for years. My wardrobe has looked the same for years. And the truth is a lot of these things don't spark joy in me anymore. And the truth is I just don't want to spend the money to go buy new clothes. But yeah, I should see it also as an investment because truly what I'm doing is 
I'm buying joy. Just kidding. I mean, but <laughs> but <laughs> I'm really getting rid of the things that just no longer bring me that happiness. And I can change my style to whatever I want. And the truth is, I just need to get myself out of this mindset and I need to get rid of these clothes because I think I have a new style now that I really like, but I am just too lazy and probably too poor let's be honest with ourselves, to change my style completely. But I do think that it would be a good investment just so I can, yeah. you know, be happy in, in how I look, that I can walk past the mirror and be like, hey, you, sexy, I like what you looking like. Or whatever, hey, what, what you, you, know, what you, you, you do that thing. 30. I mean, you're not to your 30s yet, but you're approaching it. And I don't know what it is about approaching your 30s, but you don't want to dress like a teenager anymore or how yeah. you were in your early 20s. I'm a grown-ass woman. Okay. So what's that Swedish book you were talking about? It's called The Gentle Art of Swedish Death Cleaning. And when it was first introduced to me, I just immediately was drawn to it, like right away, because I have this fear that I'm going to accumulate stuff and my family's going to have to go through it. And I don't want that. Oh, yeah. I don't want them to have to. Like you saw Con Margie. Thankfully, he didn't have a million things. He had clothes, basically. But you don't want your family to have to go through that. And I think... That's why I'm always working on it. We're always downsizing and going through our things so that even if we do make it to retirement and we want to enjoy our retirement, we don't have to do any work. We just get to immediately enjoy our retirement. Lucky dogs. Um, (laughs) No, it's true. And it's funny because when you first told me about the title of that book, I was like, that is morbid. But the truth (sighs) is it's not. It's just telling you to think ahead. Yeah. Because whenever I go on vacation, or something like that, that is actually something that crosses my mind. What if, God forbid, something happened to me? And I always think of Rima, our sister-in-law, and Rima would be like, I'll go through her stuff. And I can't imagine her going through my stuff and it being easy. I have had the experience where somebody I knew passed away and the family didn't even know where to start. So they literally hired somebody to go through their things, kind of like sort through what they thought might be important to them. Yeah. And I don't want anybody to have to do that. You know, I you shouldn't even have all that extra stuff. You just keep what makes you happy. Exactly. And what sparks you joy at this phase in my life. I've kept a few things. Like I have, you know, a doll that I used to have when I was younger and stuff. Things that might be sentimental, you know, I used it. My kids have played with it, but I've held on to it kind of like it's my memory. And Mm -hmm. sometimes I think about my things and I'm like, this brings me joy. But literally, if something were to happen to me, my family could throw it away. It really has no value to them. Really? See, if my family threw away something that I loved, I'd be like, I'm definitely going to haunt you. But I'm kind of in the point where everything I own brings me joy right now. So it brings me joy and it's of use to me. But if something happened to me, it wouldn't be of any use to anybody else. And I've already told my husband, if nothing happens to me, you can get rid of whatever you want. But you keep my wedding dress and my green wedding dress. Like I have a white one and a green one. I'm like, you keep them both for the kids. That is special. That's important. And I've told him that I will come back and pinch him if he gets rid of them. (laughs) (laughs) I looked back and gave him the stare so he knows. (laughs) He knows you're serious. 
I'm oh, <laughs> I would really love to read that book. Like I said, it sounds morbid. How funny, how is it though. written? I like it. I like her voice in it, and it's actually really funny because you know she's not a spring chicken, and she <laughs> talks about putting <laughs> away in a place like a duffel bag or a box, and letting somebody else know that if you die, they need to throw that box away immediately. Do not look in it. Throw it away. Burn it, get rid of it. It is of no use to anybody else, and I don't want anybody to know about it. <laughs> oh my God, Kendra, what would be in your box? I don't have anything. I miss innocent. Oh. I really have nothing. Do you have something? I don't think I have anything. You don't have I to have... tell me. Just tell me where the box is, and I'll get rid of it. <laughs> Honestly, I have a few boxes in this room. Just burn them all. She's like really hilarious. I actually laughed out loud during that part because she's like, you don't want to be an old grandma and have somebody find your collection. (laughs) And I can relate. Yeah, that would be pretty embarrassing. Yeah. Oh my God. No, but I'm pretty good. I don't really have anything. I was thinking about that the other day and I was like, "Mm, if something like that ever happens, if I ever accumulate something that is embarrassing, I'll have to like keep it in a lockbox, not tell Kayla where the key is, and then warn her to get rid of it immediately upon my death. please. I will absolutely do it, too. I just I'll take little bits from each you. book. Yeah. Yeah. I just take little bits from each book. Like, I've read a couple different cleaning books. And, you know, you take something new. Like, Marie Kondo likes to organize just her cleaning products. But I have an upstairs cleaning collection and a downstairs cleaning collection. Because when I'm doing the bathrooms, I don't want to keep going up and down the stairs. Yeah. Yes. I have a shower upstairs. But, you know, and I don't, I don't know. I just kind of prefer to take little bits, kind of like take the main idea. I learned a lot from her, but then, Mm -hmm. you know, take some from Making Space Clutter Free and some from The Gentle Art of Swedish Death Cleaning and put it all together. And that's the important part is to find what works for you because these books are just to help you and to help adjust your life, adjust you so that you can be the most you that you can be. Yes, I feel like that's what these books are all about. They're all self-help. They're all like, hey, I'm going to help you clean your clutter. I'm going to help you clean your crap. But really, they're just so you can feel at ease being you. And so I think that's why it's important to take the things that work for you and the things that don't. Kind of like Con Margie, right? Con Margie wanted to clean her husband's stuff after she cleaned her clothes. And Con Mari was like, no, that's not, you know, that's not usually how we do it. But then that was where she was at. She needed to do it. And even KonMari was like, okay, if you feel like you cannot move forward until you complete this task, then go ahead. And and I thought that that was really nice because even in that moment, someone who doesn't really, I mean, I would say that KonMari is not super flexible. She was able to be flexible with Margie. Yes. And I think that that's good to remember for yourself. In the book that I mentioned before, where I felt like the woman was kind of like talking to you as your friend, she talks about clutter blocks. Her thing is clutter blocks. Everybody has a reason for why they have clutter. And my reason, and I'm sure it's your reason, because it's just kind of like how we were brought up, is clutter block, clutter block number three, the stuff I'm avoiding. Yeah. We do a really good job in our family of avoiding Oh, we avoid everything. Yeah, we avoid all the mess. Stick it in the garage. <laughs> yeah, it's fine. Just stick it in the garage. We'll get to and it later. Clues. In 20 years. Let's, let me read this part because it'll probably resonate. 
the clues. Unfiled paperwork, unopened mail, unfinished project, unreturned items, a large to-do pile or list. How does that feel? <laughs> I feel personally attacked. Um, how does she, she know us so mindset? well? I don't know. But she is of the mindset that if you get past this clutter block, you can really get down to business, basically, in the process. Yeah, yeah we just, I think two months ago, Kayla and I and our brothers cleaned our family's garage and oh my God, that is our family's clutter block. We had so much stuff from a restaurant that we sold 21 years ago. Mm-hmm. It was just kind of like sitting out there in the garage. Receipts, we just avoided it. Paycheck. Receipts. There were like orders from people that the waiters and waitresses, you know, wrote down. By like, hand. By Why? hand. What purpose does it serve for me to know that somebody back in, you know, what, like, the late 90s ordered a Diet Coke. And steak fries. <laughs> exactly. Gary, yeah, is so that there's you? A lot. And, and mail, you know, how much mail we went through. Like, oh, if you can, and I think we did such a great job that weekend going through that garage. And it kind of propelled us forward. Now we're caught up on mail. And now we got rid of some of that mess from the past yeah. that was holding us back because that's really what the past does. You it keep really stuff does. and it's keeping you from living like a more fulfilling happy life. future. Exactly. Yeah. And I will say about that weekend, I actually got rid of so many childhood toys. I got rid of pretty much all of them. I don't think I kept any. Do you, and that don't was, you feel like a little more free? Like you got rid of some dead weight that was kind of maybe holding you back? You know, yeah, That's because I felt. now that it's gone, you know, I would think about those toys sometime and I'd be like, I have to go out there at some point and take care of all those. How am I going to get rid of them? Should I wash them and then donate them? I was thinking about all these steps that I would have to do. And then when I had the chance, it was literally just just toss them. And I, I did it. I and- found baby bubbles. I found baby bubbles. It was my favorite baby doll. Everybody has that one toy mm-hmm. that they're attached to. Baby bubbles had jaundice. <laughs> Her <laughs> eyes were a dark yellow. And she was mostly bald from that time my cousin gave her cornrows. I just took a picture with her, <laughs> said goodbye, and tossed her in the dumpster. <laughs> Yes, we do have pictures of that, uh, of the jaundice doll. So uh, if anyone's interested. <laughs> Thank you so Not much, Kendra, for like, I, I mean, so much fun. I know I would love it. And I'm sure Lindsay would love it, too. If you could come back and do another episode with us. This is also to remind all of our listeners out there. October is going to be all things spooky and scary. November is going to be sci-fi and fantasy. And December is going to be cozy classics. So that is our lineup. Uh, Kendra, you're welcome to come back anytime. Uh, Read along with us. Yeah, of course. That's actually Kendra. And I'm Kayla. So, uh... Woo-woo! Woo-woo! Goodbye! (laughs) Bye! Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe. Tune in every Monday for new episodes. That's Kayla. And that's Lindsay. Goodbye!